You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that speaks to the people behind the movements, organisations and ideas that are shifting the way we think, interact and transact. So we're at the BAU, the full segment where we finished <laughs> season one of BAU podcast. Yes, yes. it's uh, It's been an adventure, hasn't it? I mean, I think it's, you know, if you look back on where we started and kind of, you know, what we were actually trying to trying to look at, I feel we've actually been quite true to that. I think we've kind of tried to find people who are, they have a different perspective. And, you know, I think for me, I wanted to to maybe be in a situation where I had to talk less and could actually, actually listen more. Because certainly I think it's true for both of us in our day jobs. We talk a lot and you end up kind of needing to um, convince people of ideas. Whereas I think what I've really enjoyed about season one is actually just the the disparate ideas and the kind of stuff that's happened organically from, you know, people who are trying to hold communities together through retail to people who are kind of trying to do that from people trying to recover from trauma um, to people trying to give, you know, like um, our First Nations um, communities a voice for the first time. It's been It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Sure, and I've really, I've really appreciated on a personal level being able to, um, first of all, put together a concept, something that was quite ethereal, and make it quite uh, tangible. Everyone can touch it now, listen to it, interact with it. Um, but also being able to offer up narratives that are a little bit counterintuitive to the ones that are coming through the pandemic, and that is of small incremental changes build something great and substantial and uh, once again on a personal note it's been so nice to be able to listen to people who have lived a life of colour so many different things um, in their lives and so varied across the way that they have chosen to to walk their path it's been a huge privilege to listen to that and then on top of that to be able to build a listenership that is starting to um, find guests for us. I think we've been really privileged for that and it's been a good thing to come out of the pandemic. For sure, for sure. And so what we're doing today is we're doing a review. What do we say? A review and a... (laughs) Yeah, one of those things. A review. What are we doing? A review. A a celebrate and calibrate. Yes, that was the word. That was my morning genius. (laughs) It's pretty good. It's pretty pretty good. Celebrate and calibrate. So we want yeah. to celebrate what's happened, and then we want yeah. to look into the future and figure out what we, what BAU is um, um, for season two. Sweet. So should we start with the celebration or the calibration? What do you, what do you <laughs> I think it speaks for itself. Celebrate. And, oh, actually, it is the other way around. So we're going to calibrate and then celebrate. <laughs> I tried to throw you a line, and yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, anyway, it's all good. <laughs> I still, oh, I missed it. <laughs> all right, cool. So, I mean, what what have you learned? So, what have you kind of taken out of this, Patrick? What is you know, maybe what we get one lesson, one lesson each that's really stuck with us at a general level. So, kind of one thing we've learned by doing it, but then maybe kind of something that actually we've taken we've taken from it in terms of kind of knowledge or inspiration. On a listening level, just learned so much about myself doing this, I suppose, um, and learned so much by doing but then listening, and that's the combination that's taken me through this, um, listening and doing, but uh, through story, I've always learned by by listening and doing, so on top of that, I suppose I've, I've really continued and solidified that, and 
and taken a lot of lessons from listening to the guests that we've had on and then also just through collaboration and listening to you joe and and the way you work and seeing how you work it's been uh, been really fun and i suppose a big thing is our friendship i think we've grown through this and um started to understand the different ways we work and complement each other and um shared a few laughs and it's been awesome through COVID to just have this project to work towards and, and, and to put out to people and, and feel like you put throwing out a lifeline like you did for me that I just missed, but throwing out a nice narrative <laughs> at the moment is, is an important thing. And I feel really privileged to be, to be part of it. Yeah, no, well said, well said. And uh, yeah, like I think, you know, on, on my side, I echo that. I think it's kind of, it's, it's really, you know, I think it's really nice to remain curious and that's that's been something that you know I've really enjoyed you know getting time at least once a week that's kind of not it's actually not at all directly related to what I do day to day but yet there's always things in and around kind of people's narratives and stuff that when I look at it I'm just like I'm really really glad I heard that um you know and I, so I think for for me kind of that's really learning a lot about kind of what broadcast and what kind of podcasting actually actually is particularly in hosting it and you know giving i think room room to breathe and that's what i've really really enjoyed is that you know i listen to a lot of stuff where it's about the people hosting it rather than kind of actually just allowing someone to actually share share their perspective so um whether that works or not i have no idea <laughs> but i like it like I, I think it's it's just something very very different that you don't hear hear a lot of and the other part i would say is that you know the the kind of thing that, you know, I've really kind of taken out of, you know, in particular kind of guests is really just the openness and people talking about things ranging from abuse to, to dyslexia um, through to kind of um, climate change and kind of the ways that people try to make little little differences. Um, but that their it's their passion for it is balanced with things outside of it. I think that's been the other part that I've really, really enjoyed hearing is that they're not so myopic that they're so focused on one aspect of, of this. It's actually that really their, their area that they're working on comes from a part of them, but there's other parts of them that actually help inform that. So it's been, it's been lovely to kind of um, one learn about specific areas, but then also kind of meet the individuals. Right? For sure. I remember when we started talking about um, doing this project and, and talking about one thing that we found fascinating together was the the opportunities that life serves up to us and, and the way that dictates our paths. And I really wanted to ask, what were your expectations coming into this project and, and where do you think we are now in, in relation to that? Um, yeah, I didn't have any. Uh, which is, but in, in that, I think having, having no expectations, um, is, was great, you know, to kind of come in and actually just, um, I guess that, you know, that's not a hundred percent true. I think what, what I, what I wanted and at least my intention, maybe not my expectation was to try to craft spaces where, um, yeah, we didn't have to do all the talking. I think both of us kind of, you know, even in our friendship as well as kind of, I think, you know, the view we share on the world is that sometimes you kind of have to sit back and listen to what the other person actually has to say. So I think that was kind of, I guess, my intention slash expectation coming into this. I mean, what was, what was yours? What did you kind of think when we we're sitting in that pub in Belnaring having a chit chat about what we were actually going to do? I just wanted to, to do, but I think I really wanted to throw that throw that line out and really throw a narrative out and people's stories to give people a sense of and myself I suppose a sense of the way people traverse life's path and and their individual 
uniqueness quirk of how they do that um and then this the podcast was a great vehicle to do that um to really go in there and ask and and give people an opportunity to reflect themselves and i have been blown away with and you touched on this the openness that people have given us about how they have traversed that and it's been um it has blown away my expectations of a recurring theme under this and that is people revealing those opportunities that they've given that they've been given and really reflecting on those life-changing past journeys for sure for sure um so and we're kind of wrapping up like season season one so like what do you want to see happen in in season two like first off should there be a season two patrick have you have you had enough of this or is your curiosity still peaked i think it's, uh, it's still going it's a very steep steep path up it's um it's blown away the covid trend and it's continued up mm-hmm. dan andrews can't can't get rid of it you can't squash it Um, it's only just beginning Uh, no I really do I'm always curious to hear about people's stories and I think we're only just finding um, and continuing to find great stories to tell Um, and so I'm looking forward to season two yeah me too me too and yeah like and I think I think for me what what I hope we can kind of start start to do is you know probably go like I think what's what's interesting is the themes that are starting to starting to come out of this and trying to find places where people's voices aren't often as heard. Um, but then kind of, you know, I, to me, when you reflect back on a lot of it, the people we speak to, they are the theme is definitely that they're open to talking about it. But they're all quite practical people with kind of a, a view on the world. But then they have this real kind of deep subject matter expertise and a passion for actually actually looking at it and you know that to me has been the most enjoyable part and that's what i'd like to keep keep exploring i mean i don't i don't really care the the background of kind of you know or the particular area that they're that they're interested in i just think it's you know the world is a really rich tapestry but it's you know what's to me makes the most sense is people who actually have a story to share yeah, for sure. I, f- I feel um, back that sentiment 100%, Joe, and look forward to um, season two. And and if you are listening out there and you do find someone that has a great story, please continue to feed it through us. It's been so rewarding, that experience of people um, spotlighting a hero in their life or someone that they really would like to hear this form, the BAU form, um, put on them and allowing them to tell their story because I think that's that's a beautiful synergy that's beginning to emerge. For sure, for sure. And lowlights? So what would you say is like the... What was the worst thing that happened to us in uh, in season one? There's been a few tech issues, that's, that's for I sure. I think lowlights. Lowlights has definitely been tech issues. I think when we had Dean on the line, Dean oh, from Noticeability, yeah, and yeah. I was in my car. Yep. I was scrambling early morning because he was coming out of stateside and... I was trying to get everything sorted and nothing was being sorted. Um, I had my coffee, everything was working, but um, <laughs> mentally, but there was things left, right and centre. But we managed to get up and running. And thanks to Dean being um, understanding, yeah, um, he, gave us, he gave us a bit of extra time and breathing space to make it work. But that was definitely a low light, a few, a few technical difficulties. But the highlight to those difficulties yes. is that perseverance paid off and we managed to get it all sorted for sure for sure like it's yeah like i've I've just found it um you know kind of the that scramble and you know particularly for me because i certainly don't understand the tech as well as as well as you do pat it's definitely you know it's kind of that that sense of that 
it's all about the audio. So it's, you know, as an audio form, it's really about trying to get that as crisp as you possibly can. But when that's kind of not working through, you're kind of sitting there going, oh my God, how is this actually all going to come together? And I think it's, you know, it's kind of the only moment through all of this where you feel a bit sick in your stomach is like you, when you hear like a little crackle and you're just like, oh no, is that going to show up <laughs> in, the, in the end product? Is that going to take away from actually what this person has actually had to say? And I think that to me is more what it's about. You know, I mean, we've been absolutely scrambling through covid to one stay socially distanced to kind of get um stuff i mean you know i literally remember doing laps around the yard when my own like little kind of zoom box showed up it's just like (laughs) yes it's gonna solve so many of these problems and it's you know just small things like that you just get so stoked on you know kind of being able to put um the tech together and then you know um this will sound terrible to some little like of um audio files amongst us but me sitting there being able to go right i can actually record this through this into QuickTime, and it's actually working i was like that's astounding it's astounding <laughs> it's a miracle it's an absolute miracle <laughs> it is and we got them all out no episodes in the bin so here's to season one of ba yep. you and season two look out all right fantastic You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that speaks to the people behind the movements, organisations and ideas that are shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Your hosts, Patrick Beggs of Per Production, a production house that works with organisations to create media that strengthens culture and communicates that culture to the world. And Joe Rogers, CEO of The Contenders, a brand agency famous for crafting brands which deliver results for those who work for them, shop for them and support them. For more information, head to baupod.co. And if you find this podcast insightful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to our conversations. We've got a few treats, though, that we thought might be worthwhile playing and that is through season so we ourselves have just said and celebrated what BAU has been for 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 us ourselves but let's let the archive speak a little bit we've managed to choose um a couple of a couple of highlights for you for your ear buds this one takes us way back starting this podcast it's called B small a U, and the whole idea is um, you be yourself in business and you chat to different people um, who emulate that but also in a place where they're trying to change because our politicians at the moment aren't really changing. We live in a capitalist world so at the moment we've got a structure where businesses can affect change. Very true. Um, so why not have a chat to those people who are? Um, people believe it has to be a big thing whereas most of the change in the world is actually small, small incremental steps that build towards something something bigger and I'm really keen to kind of explore people who are doing that in a social paradigm as well so people who are taking a traditional not-for-profit and really looking at ways that they can actually make a bigger impact or in some ways they're actually looking at ways they can make a smaller more focused impact so certainly that you know I'd, I would argue that um, there's no doubt I agree that we live in a capitalist world and business is a tool and business for good is a really really great tool to do that but equally I think people are really changing the way that they can actually create social good as well that takes us back to a whole different time. I'm pretty sure I heard background music. Yeah, we did, and that was in a in a social setting in a pub. 
Whoa. Does it really exist? I don't know anymore. It seems uh, seems hard to tell. It seems oh. hard to tell. Can you tell that we've lived in lockdown for for too long? <laughs> oh my lord! Wow, it's uh, it's just amazing, isn't it? So one, fix the audio, boys, and uh, <laughs> and two, I think the uh, the thing that's kind of really stands out. I, I don't think we've really pursued the business thing. Like we've kind of really gone after much more kind of individuals in in community, and I think that's a great thing. Yeah. So you know, our kind of our name is probably not actually a appropriate but you know the brand person to me is like that's too bad we, <laughs> we, we made that decision so we're not changing it i think it, it can fit it's like personal business or and business can be subjective but what i was saying was trash <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we had had three beers in fairness we had yeah um all right so after we got past that little bit we got some people to agree to talk to us there's a saying i think that if you fall in love with nature you'll do more to protect it um i think that's really important fostering that in kids i think that conversation with connor was was a beautiful thing and that was just as COVID was hitting but connor's sentiment is never been more true today tomorrow and the next day yeah, that was. Um, yeah, I still love that conversation. I can remember exactly when we were sitting, and I think that's that's the thing that you take out of stuff like this is that I can remember sitting there. It was a warm day. They were kind of, you know, they had people kind of coming in and out of their space, and there was just this like breeze, kind of, um, kind of coming through, and it was just, um, yeah, it was a great conversation. And you know, her whole take on why she actually became an educator still stays with me till today. What does it look like to enter the future? you know, realistically but fearlessly? And and what does it look like to, to stare it down and say, I do everything within my power to to not only, you know, make sure that I'm living the lightest footprint that I can and I'm and I'm doing the most transformative work that I can, but what does it mean to, to try and, you know, activate a whole community and say, actually, we're all part of the solution. So, so movement building, you know, I'm really interested in what does it look like to, for us to be the best people that we are going into the future and what, what it means when we do that together. What do you think? Thanks, Scott. Still blows me away. And that was, that was a pass on from Connor. We asked her who we should, who we should chat to next. And she said, you've got to chat to Beck Scott. And, and that conversation, I was just quickly trying to Google and trying to remember who, what Beck Scott, when we were chatting to her, she just started an initiative that was about a lot of not-for-profit social enterprises coming together and helping to solve Victoria's food crisis amidst the pandemic. And she has, and they have been delivering food parcels and developing lands of pl- uh, plots of land to produce food at an, ex- at an astounding rate. And that was sort of the back end of her and her kids um relationship building something so that conversation yeah lives very strong and those sentiments are etched into my um mind and soul for sure it was great what this road has done was taken me on the pathway to how do we heal how do we heal not just individuals but how do we heal as a nation we 
Well, that, I mean, that 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 whole conversation really took me um, took me back to kind of where where I actually grew up, and I think the the sentiments that were actually expressed, you know, kind of resonated with me in terms of that I grew up, um, you know, near a First Nations uh, community, so what we would have called the reservation um, growing growing up, and certainly kind of you know the the concept of kind of um, I guess kind of uh, reforming schools um, was something that you know lived inside the community in which I grew up. There was one. I used to sit up on the hill. And I think I was really kind of struck by that whole notion that for, yeah, it just really took me back to that. And, um, yeah, I was incredibly appreciative to kind of, um, yeah, I think have that put in a new light for me that I didn't understand when I was younger. Mm. Yeah, it was it was a true privilege getting to listen to Judy's insight into the way she's conducted herself and her work and how it continues to, to shape our society, hopefully in a good way. More ears to her work, the better. We were really interested in, in areas where there wasn't necessarily that inertia for change. Like, how do you be innovative in areas which aren't typically innovative? And, you know, we, we put out a report, would have been maybe three, four, four years ago now, called Hacking the Bureaucracy, you know, how to innovate in government. How do you innovate in government? You go back to episode eight and, and listen to that conversation. Um, yeah, it was Simon. Find, find the edge. Yeah. Find the edge with Simon. I think that was... Uh, that was astounding, wasn't it? Kind of where he talked about like real change actually happens on the edges of big things, you know, or kind of that that uh, that notion of kind of the the intersection of stuff. And you know, his whole point about if you want to kind of enact dramatic change, then go to the furthest place you can that's away from the bureaucracy, but is in it. Mm. Well, that was a great sentiment, and then slowly feed it back in. And that episode really speaks a lot to a lot of the the work individuals have continued to do throughout this. And I left that company last year in pursuit of something new, and I didn't quite know what it would be. But I I think ultimately, as we all know, perspective comes from time and space. That was your good friend, but your good friend taught me a good lesson, and that was to be open with your... um your gifts and your challenges and we had a good conversation about dyslexia and he set me on a good path of of learning um, the strengths and weaknesses of that and understanding how you work and and continue to work but more on on him uh yeah so i mean glenn um you know i think for me um i've known glenn for for a long time now and you know i've seen him kind of go from kind of crafting spaces to now kind of um crafting kind of i think pictures and kind of things that can actually stay stay in people's minds and you know what i was kind of just yeah i was actually blown, blown away you know just in terms of just the artwork that um he was actually sharing with me ahead of that and then getting a chance um you know i think to see him he's always been very open with me but i thought to, for him to kind of start to talk about his dyslexia and to talk to you patrick um about that was uh was incredible yeah, it was a, it was a gift to be able to talk about that and open up with with Glenn around that and be introduced to his work and and his pursuit was was amazing. He's got a great perspective on life and he shares it so well. So it was yeah another privilege to be able to speak to him so openly and and thanks to COVID to be able to and technology to be able to speak across many oceans and to hear a bit of sentiment from Joe's where he grew up was it was really nice to hear that connection. I also really believe in the power of the individual to enact change and I think that it's really important that we should feel confident with our own voices and that we shouldn't think that we need to be part of a large organisation in order to have a voice and in order to say something that we think unjust or 
It's a marvelously empowering feeling to speak up with your own voice without having to answer to any organization at all. While at the same time, when you are part of a large organization, you do have the skill set and the budget and all of the equipment to carry out some really amazing operations. But I think as individuals, we should never underestimate the power of our own voice. Nail on the head there, Madeline Habib. That was a, a conversation that blew me away, and we came into that conversation asking Madeline how it's taken her 54 years to find a desk job. She has lived a life. Hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think, you know, th- that clip there is, you know, what I took out of that, actually, was that she talked... I think she's got a really great perspective on that. You know, sometimes you have to, to enact the change you want to see, you have to be in on a bigger stage. But often um once you've done that you also then kind of have to be able to actually be your own person and understand where it's time to step off of that stage and actually start to look at kind of smaller spaces where you can make the difference and i think what i she's never changed right i mean i just you know in that conversation you know when she started talking about being on that bridge in tassie trying to stop fuckwits from logging you know at a, a virgin um forest that's never been touched you know and pushing a car onto there i was just like you are exactly that person today i mean just just older right that same attitude she had and uh it was yeah it was it was visceral you could kind of actually hear it in every single word that she said to make a difference in the dyslexic's life. And so that is where our organization's name comes from, right? Notice ability. And when you say it out loud enough times, you will hear no disability, right? It's a double entendre. It's a subtlety, but it's a significant paradigm shift from looking at what you're bad at and reinforcing, oh, poor kid can't read, you're dumb, everybody needs to, you know, you know, some sort of menial manual labor in your life, better get used to it, to noticing ability. Wow, young Richard Branson, you're pretty, uh, you've got some creative ideas. Definitely a good tire pumper for the dyslexic. Dean, uh, he did so well at, at, at doing that and communicating it, and he is making a huge difference in, in so many people's lives, and I think he has a good understanding of the, of the way the system works and, and to be able to inform um, kids with dyslexia, with dyslexia and, and their parents on, on how to um, appreciate the strengths that it also brings. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a rock star. He really is in every every sense of the word. I mean, I think when we chatted to him, he was sitting there. It was like a 40-degree day in Boston. He was chatting to us in a towel, you know, telling us about kind of how the human brain works and, and dyslexia. And I was just like, this guy is just, um, I love him. Like, he's just, he's absolutely what I think, you know, something like kind of dyslexia actually actually requires is that it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just something that, you know, certain people are actually gifted with and that gift comes with and i think that's the framing he puts on it that gift comes with certain consequences inside the world and you know that was uh that was really really powerful to hear the consumer definitely does without doubt ask questions i mean i'm not original in saying that um ask questions where was this made what are the human rights what badges what accreditation have you had how many times is this company audited overseas and by whom that was a lesson from Sue March and I was from Sue and that was a lesson from Sue. And Sue was quite a funny lady. She has many different traits and she's lived over in Australia, but she's into fashion ethics and she gives us the broad 
picture and paints a great map of the way the industry works and how the intersection between customer and um and producer work and who is responsible for the way they they behave and it was really nice to hear sue but sue is actually hilariously funny in the midst of all of that yeah she's a character and you know what i what i kind of really enjoyed out of that that conversation was um yeah that she's she's trying to kind of put the emphasis on actually kind of not just what you buy um but understanding the context in which you buy it so and kind of i think helping people understand that um there's a reason something is two dollars um and that if you buy something that is two dollars then you kind of need to understand that you're not just buying a two dollar thing you're actually buying all the problems that that two dollars is actually created yeah well look i i think i don't know maybe sometimes people get a little lucky break and and i i mean i was genuinely a delinquent kid and i was you know surf bum and 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 I didn't achieve well. I was not a really, I mean, I was a terrible student at teachers' college, but, but I'd written this thing, right, this little study. And and through someone that knew someone, an academic in Canberra, a, a really famous now dead anthropologist, archaeologist and anthropologist, really called Rhys Jones, was in Tasmania. And he, uh, he had read it and asked to meet me. And that, for me, as a, as a, as a just a sort of a, you know, nobody beach kid was really fr- terrifying anyway, anyway he, he took me out in the bush and went and visited a site which is called Meg's Mitt had a hand stencil in it which is a rare thing in, in, in Tasmania Aboriginal art hand stencil at that time in fact it was the only one known and, and this this will sound really lame but he so it, when we're looking at the site he asked me he was sitting up on a rock and he asked me how um, how t- this is pathetic really but how tall I thought the roof was of the cave and I'd never in in my whole life been asked a question and, and not only did he ask me the question but he, he actually wrote what I said down because I was almost froze so I said oh, I think it's about nine feet I can remember it clearly, he wrote it down and because he was a, you know, a grand scholar and, and he, it was had a huge impact on me right? it was the first person quite seriously taking serious note of, of something I'd done and he subsequently and I was a little bit, I wasn't very good at school because I was a little bit dyslexic, still am and he was carrying a camera case. He was carrying a camera case. And he could remember exactly what was written on it. That was Scott Kane mm. and surfing curiosity. And he continues to surf his curiosity very well. But his, his story is entwined very much with the Australian history, contemporary oh, history. For sure. Native um, title. Yeah, it was, you know, first off, I just wanted, I would love to go for a surf with Scotty. So <laughs> it would be absolutely fantastic to sit out in the lineup with him and just kind of have a, have a chat and kind of share, share waves is, uh, you know, I reckon, yeah, I reckon one, he would go and two, I, I think he's, you know, he's just got a sensibility that, you know, he's incredibly smart in, in what he does. And, you know, he's very kind of demure and he's, you know, he's kind of talks about the opportunities that he was actually given, but he actually was. And, you know, I think it kind of took me back to a time where those things were actually possible, you know, and kind of makes me lament a bit that that's much more challenging today than it was then, you know, that a a professor who kind of saw the passion he had for something could get him in through the back door of ANU and therefore he got an education that has actually led him to making a huge difference to to our country in terms of kind of um, native first title. You wonder, you really do, whether that would actually happen today. 
right? It's the, you know, that kind of idea of being able to, that, you know, I love in society is not that you were given the opportunity. It's actually that someone saw something and you didn't quite fit the criteria. So the misfit makes it in through the back door and we're all better off for it. 100%. More shapes created. Here, here. Let's, let's look forward to chatting to some more misfits into the future. Beautiful. Thank you for listening to BAU Business as Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at BAUpod.co. That's BAUpod.co.